Let Your Life Echo. Each week, we'll talk to friends from across the U.S., and together we'll sift through our experiences of community, prayer, theology, and apostolic work, exploring what we think are the keys to sainthood. I'm your host for the week, Michelle Ross, and today we have my friend Sean Driscoll here with us. How's work? Yeah, we're, again, kind of with Advent in full swing, um, entering into a bit of a slower time for me, at least, um, which is nice, but I've been really happy with this semester so far, um, certainly in a stage kind of now halfway through my second year at St. Joe, where I'm beginning to see the areas that I really want to like work on um, kind of within the community, um, really opportunities for growth, um, but also recognizing that it's going to be a long process. Like, for instance, I had a meeting with my confirmation team um, a couple of weeks ago. And of which one of the members is Lenny DeLorenzo. Casual shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, we were just talking about kind of how we really want to kind of revise the whole program and kind of really make it more formational than what it is currently. Um, but to do that is going to really require a whole like uprooting of what is in place. Um, and really intentional formation of the program. So it's kind of, we have goals that we can set for this year um, for like the upcoming confirmation class, but also we realize that we're playing a longer game um, to develop that. But all in all, like the, com- the community here at St. Joe is really beautiful. Um, and it's nice to feel like I can say, I know the people here at St. Joe and like they know me. I'm happy here looking forward to whatever the coming years yeah the coming years are you going to be moving in and living with a girl that you're married to <laughs> i guess you've lived <laughs> with girls before hashtag echo yes. but yes hashtag echo but um yeah but it's i know i'm really yeah excited for what the next mm-hmm. certainly what the next year holds um but kind of mm-hmm. what life holds beyond that um it's also like marielle and i have felt like we've really begun to establish our own community here in South Bend. Um, like I have my professional community at St. Joe um, and kind of the families and couples that I know there. But also we know several um, young couples about our age at St. Monica um, that we regularly hang out with. And um, yeah, it's just really, really come to feel like a real home here. That's kind of nice because I know that you were looking for that when you were trying to find a job where you wanted to move and live. How's your Advent? What are you doing special for Advent? Well, it's more kind of a continuation of what has been, what we've been doing. Um, so together, Mariel and I have made a point of going to daily Mass um, and spending extra time like in prayer, like, kind of following Mass when you have the opportunity to do so. But I think just being more intentional like in those times of um, kind of praying with the scriptures and like really focusing on what are we preparing to celebrate and what are we looking forward to? Um, and it's been a really interesting kind of dynamic of living into this idea of joyful waiting um, while in the process of preparing for marriage. Um, because it gets, obviously, we're getting ready for like a really joyful moment of like the wedding itself and the marriage and a lifelong, well, God willing, a long life of joyful life together. Um, 
but there's something to be said about this time of preparation um, and how important that is. And so being able to have that very real lived experience in the midst of the season of Advent um, has been definitely a renewing mm. for me. I find that I've been surprised the last two or three years at least. I've found a very particular waiting in my life during the season of Advent. So this year we're waiting on a new pastor who we know is already assigned to Nativity and begins January 9th. So I know what I'm waiting for and I know essentially when it's coming, Yeah. but it's not here yet. And I can't start to live into the reality that it is here yet because it's not. So it's kind of neat that God gives mm-hmm. us this season of Advent that we can, I think it helps me learn to wait better in my life in other ways because I'm asked every year to spend four weeks of waiting during this time before Christmas. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think right. that reminds me of something that one of our RCA candidates said last night on how we were talking about the liturgical year, kind of liturgical seasons and how she said, obviously there are like, you know, we're called to do these things, kind of, you know, be intentional about prayer, grow in a relationship with Christ, like all year long. But it's just very beautiful that the church gives us these intentional seasons to focus in a real way on that. And it's not something like basically they're saying, we're not just leaving up to do this personally, but like here is like the time set aside for this purpose. So it's a really just beautiful gift of the church to be able to give us that. No, I agree. Ever since I started teaching catechese of the good shepherd, I've thought in seasons because CGS is very intentional. And in, I mean, so yep. is the church, but CGS like goes over the top and letting the children know we're changing the color of the prayer table. This is what purple mm-hmm. means. And so I've had a chance to think about that in my own life. I mean, that's it, it makes sense, though. That's what our lives go through. We all go through periods of waiting. We go through periods of ordinary time. We go through periods of great celebration. We go through periods of, hmm, we need like some time to think about our lives and reflect. And so it's just nice that the church and that it reflects yeah. our lives and our lives reflect the seasons of the church. I don't know. That's kind mm-hmm. of been my reflection this Advent so far. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of CGS, I'm getting ready for my final formation weekend. That's so exciting. Immediately after that, I'll be heading off to Panama. For World Youth Day. Yes. Oh, man. Our new pastor, Father Eric, is going to World Youth Day. Mm-hmm. You'll see him there. That makes sense. Probably. I'm sure I will. Oh, man. Yeah, it's only like they're only expecting about a quarter million people this year. Interesting. Weren't there like two million people in Poland? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. One of the primary ones just being the timing. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then at the end of January, like it just doesn't work with a lot of the Northern Hemisphere countries, but they're kind of school schedules because it's a lot of college age students that would go like in the summer and just can't afford at the beginning of a semester to take that time off. Yeah, it'll be an interesting experience. For me, it was also the area of the world. Nothing against Panama, but it was really easy to convince myself or to jump on board mm-hmm. going to Poland when the rest of Europe is right there and there's so much rich Catholic history in all of Europe that you can easily yeah. travel to before or after Poland. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know enough about Central America. So maybe they're. Yeah. I, I don't know what. It's a very different kind of history mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the church. Yes. Yes. There's not Rome. That's a two hour flight away from Krakow <laughs> that you can just go to the no. week before Poland. So that was kind of nice. But. I'm excited to find out where the next World Youth Day is because I would love to go. Mm-hmm. So they'll announce it at the closing mass. So 
they will. I will be sure to let you know. I'm sure you'll find out way before I have a chance to talk to you. <laughs> on your hike back from the vigil, I'll be on Twitter <laughs> trying to figure out from the comfort of my living room. Yes. Drinking a beer in honor of the end of World Youth Day because I remember the end of World Youth Day <laughs> three years ago was mad chaos and we're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. It was worth the time. Yeah. Now we have kind of our final preparation meeting with all the pilgrims going for the this diocese at least um, on Monday. So it was kind of at that point I think it was finally starting to hit me that I'm actually leaving in five weeks um, to go to Panama. Um, cause up to this point, it's like, oh, that's in 2019. Like, that's not, you know, immediate or, you know, of requiring my attention yet. But now it's like, oh, it's actually just about a month away. Mm-hmm. So, Have you read anything but, good in preparation for Panama? Uh, regretfully, not much. Um, I want to read a little bit more on kind of the patron saints for World Youth Day. Um, there are some that I'm familiar with. Like, one of them obviously is, Oscar Romero. Um, and I know a lot about him, uh, having been to El Salvador. Um, but there's a few other ones that I want to investigate a little bit more. Um, and I think really just take, especially the couple of weeks like, while I'm home, um, since I won't like have to be working a whole lot, um, to really just kind of prayerfully prepare. And I found out that I wasn't really sure who like all was going um, that I would know. Um, but looking at the pilgrim list, at least in this diocese, I'm sure there'll be some people from Indianapolis that I might know. Um, but a couple of my good friends who are seminarians in the Fort Wayne Top End Diocese are going to be there and a couple of my friends from Fort Wayne. So should be a good time. This is a good time to transition into our topic for our podcast because I'd love to hear how this transition has flown out for you or laid out, been laid out for you. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking to Sean about kind of the whole process of transition into a new job. So I think I at least got to walk with you throughout the interview process. Yes, and then I haven't but... gotten to hear a lot <laughs> about what it's been like since you've been there. But I think since you've been there for a year and a half now, it's a good time maybe to look back and reflect on what that was like, how God was present, and maybe offer some advice to our listeners who might be going through something similar now or in the future. Yeah, I think this is a good time. Um, and I mean, the first thing to say is that God was absolutely present um, throughout the whole experience and the whole transition um, in ways that, you know, I never, I, even in the, in the midst of it, I didn't see um, at the time. But I mean, example, Exhibit A is that I would never have met my now fiance um, if I hadn't, you know, been dri- um, led to this job at St. Joe back in South Bend. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of giving a recap of um, that interview process and roller coaster and whatever other words you want to use to describe it. Um, yeah, I mean, in my mind, I was really kind of had my heart set on um, kind of young adult faith formation, particularly in the realm of like college campus ministry or even high school campus ministry. Um, and really just felt like that's where my gifts were best suited um, and where my heart was really being drawn. And for varieties of, variety of reasons, um, had many opportunities that I you know, was the last, you know, two or three candidates for positions, but just never kind of got that offer. Um, and Ultimately, that kind of was the story all through that last summer of Echo, preparing for comprehensive exams, 
it was kind of while studying, I was driving to multiple different places for interviews and all that. And finally, um, it came to a point where I was say, had to say, you know, God, I don't know like what um, is happening here, but I kind of got an email from um, Colleen Moore, um, the director of the tech program. And that I'm sure most of our listeners know. Um, <laughs> and um, just saying, like, basically forwarding email from Father Kevin Rousseau um, at St. Joseph Parish in South Bend. I'm saying that I know you're still looking for um, a job, and I think this really might suit you well, Sean. And so I said, you know, at this point, like, I just might as well throw my net out there. Um, and so I talked to Father Kevin um, over the phone, and then he invited me up for an interview. Um, and in just kind of that conversation, I was led to this realization that maybe, like, you know, the gifts, I wasn't wrong in a, like assessing that what gifts I had um, to give to the church, um, but maybe just wasn't fully open to where those gifts could be applied. Um, and I think, you know, conversations with several friends, you, Michelle, being included in one of those, um, it led me to consider that, you know, I could see myself as like a parish administrator uh, or Dirk Rivers Education as I am now. Um, and so it, I remember getting, basically getting home from that after comprehensive exams and graduation from Echo, um, came back up to South Bend about the second week of August, August 14th for an interview, and then was back in South Bend August 22nd for getting my job. Um, so it was very quick turnaround, a little whirlwind of a, um, few weeks, um, basically they, they wanted me to start right away, obviously, because of the timing of everything. Um, but to the point where I had like, no time to find any place to live. So I actually spent the first two weeks um, of my new job at St. Joe. I'm living with a parish family um, that had just sent their youngest off to college. So I kind of like took that um, space. And actually, Mary Ellen and I just had dinner with them this past week. Um, so we actually managed to stay close over the past year and a half with them. Um, but it was a beautiful, while well, it was a very kind of strange and eventful transition, um, a beautiful time to really just dive into the community. Um, and just to say, you know, God, like, you clearly led me here for a reason. Um, don't fully see what that is yet, but, um, I'm all yours. Um, and just to be able to have that kind of finally have that openness, um, to say that this is not all my plan. So that's kind of brief recap of how that whole story went down. How did you find the courage to keep looking for jobs when you heard a no so many times, especially when you really felt called to some of that ministry? To be honest, like I was very discouraged for a while. Um, and I think um, one of the geniuses and kind of beautiful aspects of the program that I was in, Echo, um, it gave me a community and relationships with people that I knew I trusted very fully. Um, and they were that kind of source of encouragement um, and affirmation still to say, like, you know, Sean, this is not 
you know, a reflection on you being unqualified. It's more God just saying, like, you're kind of getting there, but like, I want you to explore another path um, that you're not seeing yet. So I would say without my community, um, without Hope, Stephanie, and Shogun, without people like yourself, um, it would have been much harder. Um, but they were great trusted friends who I knew loved me fully and loved me well. Um, and were able to maintain, keep my spirits up throughout it. I've had a lot of conversations with either friends or parishioners at my parish lately about this tension between our desires and what we want and what we believe God wants for us in this process of discernment, mm-hmm. whether it's discerning where to go to school, where to go to grad school, what job to take, where to live, who to marry. I think someone that discernment could look the same. So what was that like for you feeling like you wanted something, but you kind of felt like God was saying, Hey, here's this for you. And how did you know I mean, what you wanted was never wrong. Mm-hmm. And so how did, does that make sense? How did you kind of reconcile or find some peace in the midst of that tension? Um, honestly speaking, I don't think it was a peace that I found until after I took the job at St. Joe. Um, and it's like ultimately like it, the decision to take the job, like, Yes, I really felt like it was the right job for me, but also kind of like I need a job um, <laughs> at that point in my life. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, too, that that was just kind of another way of God just like putting me in a circumstance to say, like, this is the plan that I have set for you. And like just kind of pulling some extra strings to help you to say yes to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that tension is very real, um, like I said, for that long time I really thought I am like being called to um you know work in campus ministry and like be present like to young adults and to students. Um and it's also and that's not to say that that's not where I may be called further down the road. It came to kind of a understanding and acceptance that I was being too, I think, closed minded as to where my gifts could be given. Mm-hmm. Um and so, because, like, my desire for, like, working in campus ministry and working with that kind of demographic was, I was thinking, oh, like, these are the gifts I recognize in myself, and this is the only place I see them being most utilized or um, most fulfilled. And that wasn't true. Um, but, like, it took me, you know, the many rejections and the you know, change of opportunity to fully understand, fully see that. Um, and I still, I think, if I didn't really fully see that like working here at St. Joe was absolutely right for me until several weeks and months into the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having a conversation with Father Kevin on one of our kind of supervisory meetings and saying, like, you know, I really love administration um, and being kind of in this position, like in the parish, like I certainly treasure the opportunities I have to be present to the families and have that one-on-one contact and um, really direct ministry. But I also like have a strong proclivity and gift to like organize and run programs. 
So and that's something that I wouldn't, I don't think I would have come to a, as full of a realization of in a different kind of role. Mm-hmm. I like what you had to say a little bit ago about that you didn't find peace until after the decision was made. And I think at least a lot of people look at discernment as I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait until God very definitively tells me what I need to do. I think it's important to know that sometimes discernment is that way, that we get a very definitive answer for what it is we're praying about. I think a lot of the time discernment has to happen in another way for other people and that you have to make a choice. Discernment is not passive. It's completely active. Mm -hmm. And sometimes discernment involves us making a human choice and then beginning to live into that reality and then kind of still continue to pray about, well, what what am I feeling and, and what is my what is this decision doing to my relationship with God? Is it helping? Is it not helping? And I think a lot of the times that's where some of my own discernment leads me into making decisions and then realizing, oh, yes, this was a good decision. But I think that you name that on just very well that and maybe not in a way that you'd intended, but that the peace didn't come until after. And I think that's very real. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that because they want to know right now what decisions they're going to need to make. That's very true. And ultimately, I mean, just say in other words, like discernment requires an act of faith. Mm -hmm. But I like even that you say it requires an act of faith. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean we have to go out and keep making decisions left and right until we find the right one. It's not whack-a-mole, but we have to, (laughs) we have to make decisions. Discernment (laughs) whack-a-mole. We have bodies for a reason that we're supposed mm-hmm. to be moving and active and living and breathing. And I think it's good to make those decisions even when we're not quite a hundred percent sure. And I can see yeah. some of the fruit that this job has brought into your life, but maybe you can share now with our listeners, some of the fruit that you feel mm-hmm. that this decision and this discernment and taking this job has brought into your life. Yeah. Um, just kind of being here present, like in South Bend, like has brought a lot of fruit. Um, I was the obvious one being, you know, my relationship with Mary Ellen and um, kind of being able to become a part of like central community with her um, and kind of community in South Bend as well. Um, and to be in a place that um, allows me to kind of interact with kind of every area of the parish. Because, um, you know, not all direct education positions are the same. Uh, across different parishes and with just the size of St. Joe, like it was like, I'm just amazed and reflect upon it of how perfect a fit it has been for me. Um, not to say it hasn't been without its challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, that's absolutely that. And part of challenges like have played into it being perfect fit um, because it's allowed me, challenged me to grow in the areas I needed to grow. Um, but, you know, being able to, be present with couples that are welcoming their first child and bringing them for baptism um, up to kind of walking with um, individuals who have sent off, you know, their kids to college and are just looking for, you know, how are we, how do we stay connected to a parish community that, you know, it's prime, it's largest ministry is our grade school. Um, so I feel a lot of what we do is geared toward families that have, um, kids in the school and my kids at that age, which is very beautiful and a very vibrant and active community. And for me, being able to be present like to those families too, and um, to be 
involved in the school to walk over and um, know the teachers and help in their formation. Um, just, yeah, every aspect of it has been very life-giving um, for me. But then also to be in a place where I've been able to also find like a community and a life that is kind of connected, but also separate from like my work. Um, I remember a very affirming moment last year um, around um, First Communion time when we we're finishing up one of our parent meetings for First Communion it was about a month before the actual day. And I, one of the parents came up to me afterward and um, I had been going and still do occasionally um, on Tuesday nights. We have pickup volleyball at the parish, um, which is how my fiance and I met. Um, and this mother came up to me and said, you know, Sean, like I just like put together like a week ago that the Sean Driscoll who has been playing volleyball with us on Tuesdays is the same Sean Driscoll that I've been receiving emails from <laughs> for my children preparing for First Communion. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, I laughed, we laughed about it, but like for me, that was actually very affirming to be able to say I was able to come in and like have a persona and relationship with, you know, the community that wasn't just director of religious education. And so, yeah, like just that I've been provided with plenty of opportunities to do that. Um, like being connected to the ultimate Frisbee scene here in South Bend um, has been really wonderful and very life-giving as well. Okay. Any final thoughts about discernment of job about trusting God in the midst of that transition or any just like practical tips for transitioning to a new job? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm going back to kind of the piece I just mentioned of find something like when you're transitioning to a new job, um, like the temptation is going to be kind of to dive head first and like learn all you can about like, what your new role is like professionally and to do the best you can to like, you know, get off on the right foot. And that's obviously very important. And, you know, reflecting on my own experience, like I spent like on average more hours in the office for the first few months than I do now. Um, just because I could, you know, just wanted to get my head around everything that I was supposed to be doing and whatnot, but being sure to spend the time to just be a member of the place that you live. Um, and find something to do that's really just for you. Um, and which with some jobs can be easier than others. Um, like, you know, I recognize that as, you know, a parish administrator, it's very easy for every kind of activity of my life to have some kind of relation back to um, my work. But I would say don't be afraid to get to know the lives of the people that you work with as well. At this point now, like being you know, 16 months into my job, I feel like the people that I work with now, like are not just my coworkers, like they are my friends. Um, and like, I'm excited, you know, this evening to go like to the staff Christmas party because it's not just, you know, an awkward, like, oh, I'm the new kid on the block. Um, but these are people that you know, I know their kids or like I know them as peers. Um, but also, like on another practical level, don't spend all your time at the office. <laughs> um, I mean, that goes like hand in hand with you know finding something to do that's just for you. But um, you know, this kind of 
probably been said many hundred times, but the work's always going to be there. Um, and it's okay just to say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> Starting a new job is always going to be very exciting, um, very challenging. And ultimately, like, the one thing you can't forget to do is pray. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is often like, the last thing that I think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guilty of that myself. Um, but I've, you know, one of the I think greatest fruits of like, my relationship with Mary Ellen is that we've really made it an intentional effort to like make it to mass together every day, um, as much together as possible. Sometimes our schedules just are different, but um, but it's like to the point now, like when I don't like make it to mass or don't like have that set aside time, like I can feel it like in the rest of my day, um, and the rest of my work just isn't as fruitful. That's a good way to end because I don't think it's going to get any better than telling people to pray. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, this is a good time to transition into our roses and thorns. And so for our listeners who may be joining us for the first time or want a refresher, we like to ask our guests and then share ourselves a rose of the week and a thorn of the week, kind of something that has been a high and a low, something that has helped us to know God or something that's been a thorn in our side that has been kind of chipping away at us. So I can go first. Um, my thorn for the week, for the last couple of weeks, my parish is still in the midst of transition without a pastor. And I think the whole staff has really just been feeling the weight of not having a boss. So being both a parishioner and an employee of this parish, I've kind of been hit from two sides in that I don't have a boss but I also don't have a priest that's regularly saying mass for me. And so that's been really challenging, especially because we don't have daily mass at my parish. And it'd be a little interesting to, to go somewhere else for daily mass when I have meetings or stuff like that. So that's, I'm, I'm just really feeling the weight of that. But the rose on the flip side, there have just been a couple really great things that have been named in my life in the last few weeks. We are getting a new pastor. Father Eric Augustine is coming to Nativity, and I cannot be more excited. <laughs> but also on a little bit more personal. I'm excited for I you. I am so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Our deacon is excited. Our music director is excited. All of the staff is excited. Um, it'll be really nice. But I've also found, or I've also, yeah, I found out this week that I kind of ruined the surprise of what my boyfriend is getting me for my birthday, but he's getting me a new chinchilla and I'm so excited. Oh, uh, I'll have to come visit him. <gasps> yeah, I told him that. <laughs> just, a, just, just a chinchilla. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I understand. <laughs> I told him that I want a boy chinchilla because I would like to name him Ralph. <laughs> then I can let him play. <laughs> so I'm just really excited. I'm going to do that after Christmas because I'll be gone for a week for Christmas. So I don't want to get a new chinchilla and then leave him here by himself for a week. So I'm really excited to come back from Christmas because I'm going to get a new chinchilla. <laughs> mm. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Would you like to share a rose and thorn? Yeah. So I, know, I feel like my life has many roses. Um, but choosing one is difficult. But um, I mean... I guess I'll choose one personal one, one professional rose. Um, but personal rose, uh, having this past weekend um, opportunity to my fiance, Mary Ellen, um, one of her, it was kind of like an anniversary slash Christmas gift. Um, but she took me to Chicago to see Hamilton. Um, and so it was, you know, we were both obsessed kind of with the 
soundtrack for the musical and um, opportunity to finally see it was fulfillment of all of our dreams. Um, it was everything we could have hoped for and more. And um, in the context of that, I got to spend, also spend some time with Hope and Ben Zelmer and, and really good friends. And so it's good to see them and see Chicago for a little bit. Um, and um, professionally, um, I had an opportunity on Monday, um, myself and the associate pastor, Father Dan Polinschek, went to the staff meeting for the school um, teachers um, and staff and um, had kind of the first session of what will be a, moving forward a monthly um, occurrence of really focusing on spiritual development for our teachers, um, spiritual formation for them, um, really help urging them to recognize their role as ministers, um, first and foremost, for these students. Um, so I'm just really excited to see what kind of fruits that bears. Um, yeah, just kind of, it's been something that's kind of been on my heart and mind, like of like, what are we doing for spiritual development of our staff and our teachers, especially. And so to see that really being bought into, um, by the principal, by the pastor and all of that has been really, um, exciting. Um, as far as the thorn goes, um, it's something that's been kind of heavy on my heart for a couple of weeks. Um, my um, parents have a couple of good friends who are currently in Germany. It's kind of a very long story, but um, John um, had was in kind of a severe kind of incident that really kind of took him to kind of on the ropes and um, has been spending the last many months kind of in recovery from that. And his wife, Stasha, was finally able to join him in Germany and they've recently um, discovered that she had um, stage four cancer um, of the liver and the breast. And um, she is currently now undergoing some experimental treatments that um, could potentially save her life, but also could not do much at all. Um, so it's just been, I think the biggest thorn on my end of things, seeing how it's really been rough on my parents, um, just trying to have to make sense of what these people have been going through. Um, so that's kind of just call out for additional prayers for them, for John and Stasha, especially in this time that's should be joyful, um, in which they're struggling mightily, but ultimately like it's been beautiful to see them still staying strong in their faith. Um, throughout this whole journey. About a month ago, I recorded with Molly Powers, who is the wife of one of my classmates in my graduate program. We talked about cancer and praying through having cancer and what it was like for her and her family with their children and themselves individually and as a couple. So that might be helpful to share with your parents or to share with your mm. friends or their friends um, or for our listeners. But I will continue to say that is my favorite podcast of ours. Because the authentic witness of Molly continues to just amaze me that someone can trust God that much and love God that much while going through such a difficult time. So yeah. I find a lot of hope and joy in what Molly shared with us. So you're welcome to share that with them if you'd like. Thank you. I will look into it. Do you have any shout outs? Oh, um, none that come right to mind. Um, 
That's okay. I have lots of shout outs for people that I know through your parish. <laughs> that I guess I'm not, I don't really know a lot of them, but Father Kevin is in my MNA program, my Master's of Nonprofit Administration program at Notre Dame. And I love hearing you talk about Father Kevin and St. Joe's because I heard a lot about it this summer as we're working on projects together. So shout out to Father Kevin. Um, Joe Urbany goes to your parish. And I only know this because Father Kevin mentioned him a couple of times this summer because he was one of our professors for, oh gosh, this was a long time ago. (laughs) His wife, Julie, is on my Christian Formation Commission. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, They have a wiffle ball Wednesday throughout the whole summer. (laughs) So we were invited to go a couple times last summer, but when you're in the midst of grad school six days a week, you don't really want to. But shout out to uh, Joe or Benny. And shout out, I guess, to the rest of my MNA class because this podcast has got me thinking about them. So Kevin and Jonathan and Emily and all of my other classmates um, who are in the program who are taking breaks from studying and homework right now because we're all on Christmas break and then we'll start up again in January. But thanks for being with us, Sean. Yeah. Because I would love one shout out um, to the magnificent Colleen Moore, um, who just registered as a parishioner at St. Joe. She did? Um, yes, she did. That's amazing. And also, by the time this podcast comes out, um, either by the time of it or around the same time, she will be married. So, um, exciting time for her as well. That is exciting. Yeah. Uh, thanks, friends, so much for listening. We're Let Your Life Echo. You can find us on SoundCloud and Google Play and iTunes. You can email us at letyourlifeechopodcast at gmail.com. Please like, rate, subscribe, share, tweet at us. Um, And until next time, hope you have a great Christmas and a happy new year.